Well, my friends, look on the bright side. It's all about to change. At least a whole lot of it. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning from Columbus, Ohio. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates where you found this. Blue Jackets 3, Penguins 2 in overtime. Johnny Goudreau with the winner. Nobody cares. Chris Letang and Jake Gensel scored power play goals. Nobody cares because the game meant nothing. Even before the puck was dropped, the Penguins, of course, having been eliminated from the Stanley Cup playoffs for the first time in 17 years the previous night, showing up here with their chins dragging, their arms staying down for both of those goals that I just mentioned. It wasn't even akin to preseason. Because in preseason, you'll at least some sort of engagement. You'll see you know, guys running into each other. But in a setting like this, the number one priority for both teams, and I am in complete support of this, is don't be having off-season surgery. Get through the game, you know? And they got through the game. And everything that I was told here in Columbus and based on some other information that I was able to pick up along the way tells me that Ron Hextall is going to be fired. Maybe by the time you hear this, but it won't take a lot longer than that. That's mostly because these types of jobs when someone's fired or whenever it's decided that that person is going to be fired, uh, boom, you got to do it right away because there's all kinds of additional stuff that has to happen. Uh, Players are still in town. If there's anyone that you want to have a conversation with about the future, let's say, for example, Jason Zucker, in parentheses, yes. Tristan Jari, in parentheses, hell no. You've got to do that before they hop on a jet plane and get out of town or out of the country. So in addition to everything that I heard and uh, was told out here, David Beeston, a liaison of Fenway Sports Group, was at the game, uh, which was not all that common. He's been at games in Pittsburgh, uh, but to come out to Columbus for a regular season finale that meant absolutely nothing, to be accompanied here by Kevin Acklin, the Penguins' president of business operations. Yeah, that's taking it to another level. Uh, Hextall's going to be gone. I have been told that it is likely that Brian Burke will go with him, uh, though I was unsuccessful in really nailing that half of it down. I'm just being honest with you. I don't like to... uh, report stuff that I don't feel all that certain about. So please set that one off to the side. Uh, To me, it just kind of makes sense that it would happen since those two existed in lockstep every single day of their collective tenure. Never apparently had a disagreement on anything. And Mike Sullivan has uh, absolutely nothing to be concerned about. Certainly not in the short term. Uh, The FSG people, as I've been telling you guys uh, for months now, love him. That's not about to change at all. But even beyond that, and this part is just my opinion, 
I, I don't know how you could come down on the head coach when you know, when you absolutely unequivocally know that the roster was fatally flawed, that the salary cap was butchered beyond recognition. And I'm not just talking about the obvious stuff like the, you know, the Jeff Carter, Kasperi Kapanen, uh, Brock McGinn contracts. I'm not just talking about the really obvious, like Mikhail Granlund being a total disaster. One goal in the 21 games after the trade. $5 million cap hit this year and the next year and the next year. I'm talking about the little stuff that nobody ever mentions. I'll give you an example. Marcus Patterson comes back out here from an injury that probably wouldn't have taken him anywhere near this long to come back from, but Hextall had to have him on long-term injured reserve. Know why? Because he left himself no cap space because of the ridiculous Granlin trade. So your most consistent, arguably your best defenseman over the year with respect to Chris Letang was unavailable to you when you needed him the most because of a salary cap error. Now, no one, no one mentions this, but it's kind of a big deal. So, uh, no, I'm not looking at the head coach. I'm not saying he's been perfect. Uh, I'm not saying he didn't have a bad year himself. I believe that he did in a lot of ways. But there's no comparing his role to what happened with the roster. I tried, guys, one more time, one last time to get Sullivan to find any way, any way at all to spit out how flawed this roster was. And I'm I'm sorry to tell you, <laughs> I still didn't succeed. But here, listen for yourself. This was after the game. Was there enough grit slash energy slash speed? The stuff that the stuff that you guys were built on early. I understand. You know, those were champions. But you know what I mean? The, the way your teams have played, whenever things are going really well. I think when you know we had moments, we had stretches during the course of the year where where I, I thought we played the game that set us up for success. But we, the, the inconsistency of it was the challenge, and and we we weren't able to solve that as a group, and we all have to be responsible for that. Like I said, I tried, and I think it's to Sullivan's considerable credit that even when he and everyone else knows what's about to happen over his head, uh, he did not. He did not take my bait there and, in fact, ended up placing some blame on himself for a lot of this stuff. And that's just who he is. Oh, hey, listen. <laughs> There's a lot of off-season. There's a lot of stuff that we're going to be able to talk about, um, to say the least. Maybe more than anybody wanted. It won't involve playoffs, though. When we come back, J1Q. comes from Jessica and she asks DK am I wrong for wanting a new coach like Sully is great and all but it's time to move on and start fresh GM coach goaltender maybe bottom six I, I guess there's two ways to answer this from my perspective Jess one is that 
No, of course you're not wrong. You're entitled to your opinion. You can have any opinion that you want. And if you feel that you'd rather have a new head coach, that's that's up to you. So wrong is 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 way out of line for someone like me to say. But do I agree with it? No, not at all. Uh, to me, taking that approach, adopting that stance is akin to just wanting to throw the baby out with the bathwater, to borrow that old phrase. Uh, you don't like what's there in front of you and you just say, ah, I, I just want everything, everything gone. And I've been there in, in different situations. I, I was there in covering the Pirates four years ago. There was nobody Almost nobody involved in their operation that I thought was worth keeping. But in this case, I really believe that, well, again, not making it a stance that I would push on anybody else, but my own stance is that I'd never give up on a coach of this caliber until he was isolated, meaning isolated for blame. If you see that the GM, for example, made a lot of slick moves, did all the right stuff, uh, was smart in managing the cap, was everything, everything, everything that Hextall just wasn't, and then you see the coach start blowing it or the coach's uh, passion for his system and his unwavering commitment to that system under any circumstance, or you see his stubborn refusal to play young players versus, you know, Jeff Carter and, and, and the stuff that we saw this year, the stuff that we heard from him. If you remember his response to me in New York when I asked about playing Carter and Brian Dumoulin under any circumstance and, He's got his flaws, okay? He's experiencing what he's experiencing right now, as he put it to me after the game, for the first time. For the first time. And I'd like to think that all of us, when we do something not as well as we've done it in the past, can believe in ourselves that we can rebound. Now, can Sullivan do that? I think he's smart enough to be able to pull off anything. Can he overcome his own stubbornness to do it? Uh, can he develop a relationship with the new general manager that allows for a cleaner line of communication that says, hey, this is actually what I think we need uh, based on what we've done here over the years, based on how it would dovetail with these star players that I've now been coaching for several years? You know, what could even be needed in the draft? You know, not that your draft picks are going to help you for an eternity, but uh, it's it's part of program building. And, and you do want your head coach involved in that. Any sport, any sport, some more than others. In football, it's a must. In baseball, eh, it's, it's really, really loose because those players come in really young. But in hockey, it's kind of a middle ground there. It's the Goldilocks spot when it comes to the draft. I want my head coach to be part of that. You know, I want there to be a, a a culture that comes with that system. I want there to be a mindset that's passed along through the system. This is how we want you to play. 
But the coach has to be part of that, too, in terms of being flexible and not so, so, so committed and so deeply loyal to veteran players who go bad. And that's what happened this season. And it did not reflect well on Sullivan. But I'll say it again, Jess. I'm not not inclined to just say, uh, you, out of here, when you'd be wondering all along. I know I would. Hey, this new GM seems pretty bright. What if we'd kept that really accomplished, smart, dynamic coach that we had before? See what I'm saying? Uh, Where do I start here with the final show of an actual season? Um, I guess I want to thank everybody who has listened to Daily Shot of Penguins, who has made it grow to heights that I'm sure I had not expected when it started a couple of years ago. Uh, I want to thank the people who have uh, sponsored it. That includes our friends, our great friends at Point Park University, our new friends at Family Table of Pittsburgh. And more than anybody, I I, I just want to thank you, like you, looking at you, the individual who's made the commitment to press play on this thing. Uh, Judging from what I hear from a lot of you, including some people that I met last night at Nationwide Arena, uh, you know, who do it every day. And I I don't take that for granted. I don't pretend that all of these shows are informative and entertaining and everything. Some are going to be better than others and some are just going to flat out stink. But if you have the commitment and and really the trust to come and listen, um, that's... That's what this is all about. That's that's not something that I can say, oh, yeah, of course they do. The show is awesome. You know, I, I, I appreciate it. I really, really do. I wish I would have the opportunity to thank each and every one of you individually. That said, this show is not going anywhere. If that's where you thought I was heading, this is a... This is a 52 weeks a year thing. It doesn't go anywhere. We will be all over every move, every off-season thing, every possible discussion that we can be having about the coming season. We will be at the NHL draft in Nashville when it comes around. We'll talk about other events in the hockey playoffs. We'll talk about whoever Jacob Truba decapitates in the first round. Uh, We'll go at it. We'll go at it. Non-stop hockey talk here. But again, because the season ended, this is a special thank you. Let's do this again Monday. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.